morning, everybody. Bring your mind to a still point, whether that's on your breath and just dropping, or in your heart, or if you're able to drop outside of all of it. We're looking for a place that's without story. And rest there. And if story comes, ignore it. Go back to your resting. go a bit deeper. And slowly and gently let your hearing pick up whatever sounds are around, inside, outside the room. But don't label. Let sounds register with, without labeling. Let information come in without subject object perception saying I'm here and that's a car that's a plane that's a bike without labeling see if information can come in your functioning mind will know if a noise is something to warn you about something or if it's just passing by You'll know what to do without labeling. Without the label, there's no way to decide if something is bad or good. That's way deep within the labeling mechanism. Sounds happen. 
and they are registered without any qualitative judgment at all. <coughs> See if you can find that zone where the mind is working efficiently, but that subject-object perception is not in place. No labeling. That's how we recognize it. When you're ready, open your eyes and whatever scene is in front of you, let there be no labeling. Let seeing happens without labeling. Let's see what we do today. For those who were here yesterday, there's a much more detailed version of that chart on my website. It's just under teachings, just click teachings and you'll see it. Um, there's only so much we can do in a day, you know. Better to do a little piece thoroughly than to just scan the whole thing. So we did a portion of it yesterday. there for your reference. I want to check in with a few people that might have been doing something or releasing something last night. I know Paula had a bit of clarity and a bit of falling away. And I want to check in with Brandy to see how you got on. Is there anybody else who needs to share something that happened last night just to get closure on those processes. Lynn, would you like to start? Sure. Thanks, sweetie.
this um, idea of the, the pure perception that just stayed with me. It was just so, so wonderful. Um, I know it's, it's not supposed to be an idea, but somehow it was Sure, yeah, yeah. And, it all overlaps really at some level, but I understand and, what you're saying. And, and then this morning when I woke up, it was, that was the first thing I thought of. So let's see, what's, what, what would that be? Well, it's, it's um, fear like I can't even describe. I mean, it's so, so big. So, so big. And, um, but I, I just tried to, to look at it. And I saw it was not something I could drop, so I said, well, just come on, everything. And then I saw that as much as I, I wanted to do that, um, I couldn't do that. And after I saw that that was probably resistance, and the words that came up was, oh, so you want to do something with this? You want to change it? Yes, I do. Yeah. So, but, um, and so I was still you know, kind of like this. And then I remembered the idea of labeling. Well, let's try not to label this. And then there was some relief. And I could get up and get dressed everything. But while I was getting dressed, it came to me that this eye that wants to do something with this, oh, that's, that's the problem. Yes. Yes. So. Yes, that's the problem. Well done. Giving it power in some way? I guess so. The labeling is what's going to change that activity. Because if there's a particular activity that brings up an emotional response, it's because we're labeling it. Okay. You know, unless it's like jumping out of a plane and there's, you know, all the things involved. But if it's a normal thing like working, like work, yeah. it's just a regular thing that you know you've done all the times in your life and it's been fine. Well, no, it hasn't. It's been uh-huh. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Ah, okay. So you've got a long pattern of, of things. Of, of, yeah, of fear coming up. 
yes, with the problem yeah. work. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. mm, there's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So can you see the mechanism? Because you worked it out yourself. And it's like not just like the fear, the fear before you got up this morning and then stopping to label it and then seeing that the I is the one that activated the whole story. Can you see that that same framework can be applied for when you sit to do a piece of work? Um, I don't know that I'm that clear on that. You okay. Know, even though I just, you know. Even though you just discovered that. That's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. It's the same methodology. Okay. For everybody, it's the I, it's the personal I that creates all the drama. It's the personal I who places value on something, that labels something, that judges something, that reacts to something. It's the personal I is the problem. Yeah. That when the personal I is activated, we leave that inner peace. Yes. That's it. Simple as that. It really boils down to that. And then after that, it gets complicated because we're in unlabeling in specific situations. But for everybody, sure, it's the personal eye that, that is the cranks up. It just cranks up. And the personal eye is just a thought. Yes. But it's taken for granted that it's real. And he's doing the labeling. Yeah. And that, that kind of seems to help me if I realize, oh, it's labeling. Right? Yes. It me. It's labeling. Yes. Because for labeling to happen, there must be, okay, so if I'm to label, you know, this hair grip, whatever they're called here, I'm not sure. But, so I'm, if I'm to label this as a hair grip, then there must be something here that has a label to label that. Okay. Labeling is always secondary. Okay. Okay. Some, the labeler must be in place to label. Yes. So we've already got two. If I'm going to put a label on that, I must be separate from it. Right? Yeah. So with bingo, there goes duality. There is me and I'm labeling a hair grip. Okay. Do you see? I, I think so. That was a little better. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So go after the labeling. Yes. Okay. Stop the labeling. Uh -huh. And the next step is that you'll see okay, good. who's uh -huh. the one who's doing the labeling here. Yeah, I got it. You know. yeah. Okay. We'll drop that one. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, great. Nice challenge. Nice challenge to, yeah, to take on, you know, it's like, all right, okay, let's see if we can, you've got a real life situation. This fear stops you from working. So it's like, okay, that's a practical challenge. And it's a fantastic way to kind of really crack fear because that's what you're really doing, you know? You know? And fear is the thing that pulls you into duality. Yeah, good. Yeah, thank you, Lynn. Where are we going with the mic? Yeah. Thanks, Tracy. Hi there. I'm going to um, talk about the chart uh -huh. from yesterday. Do you want me to pull it around? Uh, no, I don't want to look at it. <laughs> oh, you don't want to look at it? <laughs> sure. Because, uh, because it was both clarifying and confusing. Uh-huh. Um, the confusion came in for me with your um, 
the God principle. Ah. So you would go down, 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 or uh. whatever, I mean, whatever the movement is. And then, I don't know whether I understood this correctly, but you were talking about God's, um, or the principle, uh, creates or activates or, or uh, wants to know itself or whatever those words were, it's just automatically, and I just put in the illustration of the sun shines as part of its being. So the God principle is actively yeah. what I would call doing, creating, or whatever. And to me that sounds like story. Yes. Um, which is, seems to be the opposite of what you're teaching, which is absolutely no story. Yes. There are a lot of God stories. There are yes. Jesus stories and Buddha stories and Moses stories and Christian stories. And it's like, yes. you know, when you talk about any of the traditions and any of the stories, like, wow, here we are. Okay. We have a God story going, and then we have, can I just, just keep on going? Of course. And I'd love to have a big, you know, just so you can see what's going on. And then they have, you know, the me story, and it's like, what's the difference between those? I don't see any, any difference. It's just like, well, theirs is a, a bigger archetype than mine. Mine's a, although I have some real wild stories. Good and bad. Um, and so that was uh, one thing. And the other, um, chart idea, if you will, came to me uh, last night about instead of um, you know, what you have written here, it's like the old-timey transparencies what I call like in the Encyclopedia Britannica, you know, where I love those and I can remember about the fifth grade or whatever, you open up the science thing, you have the body and you know, you have the, there's, so there's the outside and then there's the blood and then there's the organs and then there's the bones and whatever and it's like wow, we put them all together and there's a human being, I thought that was so cool but to me the reason why I bring that up is because um, in, the, in the chart it's like the bottom if you will, or the beginning or whatever, is absolute transparency, there's nothing on the first level of the transparency there's nothing, in fact but, you know, Frank was sharing last night and I've had some experiences of that, of absolutely Nothing. no story, no God story, yeah. no anything. Yeah. It is absolutely a transparency uh-huh. that is not a, any God story, uh-huh. and certainly not in any me story, because mine uh-huh. is no different than God's. Uh-huh. It's all just no thing, yeah. no absolutely transparent emptiness, which is not frightening. Yes. In fact, it's it's the only through line. Yes. It's the only yes. ground of anything, which is no pure nothing. Yes. So how that came up yesterday about the God principle was the lady who was sitting there behind Brandy was had had a belief system that duality can disappear into the non-dual. That like what about the time before duality spun yeah. out? And, and we should just be returning to that. So you can't have the non-dual without the dual. Like, they're playing off each other. So I was using language other than duality and non-duality to explain that as soon as you have the concept of God, you've got manifestation. I wish I could something beyond even one of those. 
gout or real, I mean, whatever that yeah. word is, is that huge big hole, H O uh, W H H or nothing. I know how to say that. Yes. That's in the center. That, yes. That's another chart that makes some sense to me. Yes. Live from there. The story's over, huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We get caught in stories and then we use other stories to unravel those stories. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, yeah. It's how we play. Our species communicates through stories. And we're beginning to get the energy thing, the transmission thing. We're beginning to get that, you know? But it's woo-woo in so many circles, so we're not really there yet. So we have to use story. And the God's stories can be just as confusing as the personal stories. Yeah. Because we can hardly talk about whatever, God, religion, without all that story stuff. And it's like, Drop this it. story Drop is it. good Drop and bad it. Like, Drop it. Don't go there. No, no. I... Yeah, don't go there. Only pick up what works for you. Pick up what works for you or challenges you. But if something is confusing, drop it. Everybody's path is a bit different. Everybody unravels the, the falsities, the falsehoods, you know? Everybody unravels those in a slightly different way. So you've got to be discerning to figure out what, what helps you, what works for you, and being brutally self-honest so that you're not avoiding anything, you're not kidding yourself. Being really self-honest, you know? And these are the tools we have to have because every path is different. Gone are the days of following one teacher, one guru, one path. They're, they're gone, thankfully, you know. So we have to have this resolve inside to be really, really self-honest and courageous to, to work with what's working for us, you know. And then you go there, of course, that's... That's it. Know. That's the bottom line. That's really what it's all pointing to. Let living happen from there, yeah. It's quite simple, really, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to tell you thank you for the last time we met. You're welcome. Because um, we had a very honest dialogue, and I was in a place of a lot of despair with my God story <coughs> of uh, you know physical symptoms and God running there for me and. I don't remember everything that transpired, but I remember these couple of things that helped me a lot, which was when you asked me if I'm okay with not knowing, and I said, no, I'm not. Because if I don't have the meaning of what's, why this is going on as a spiritual lesson, then I, I mean, push, I'm pushing, I'm in resistance, but I realized the reason I'm pushing, I'm in resistance is because I'm feeling like from my story of God is there for you and God wasn't there for me at that moment, I perceived. I wasn't okay with being feeling like betrayed by God or whatever I perceived. But there was a moment that you said to me, <coughs> I'm trying to remember the exact words, but basically you said, um, um, Nothing that I can say to you will satisfy the mind. And, and that was the truth. And nothing you could have said to me would satisfy the mind. Because that was a question of 
in my concepts, although it, it seemed spiritual, it seemed to come from the heart, but it really was about the mind wanting to know why, 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 why me, why is it happening, why, why, why. And nothing was satisfying my mind, because the truth is that there's things that don't have an answer. Yes. And I shared with you at that point that my cousin that went through something very similar to me, he said to me, when I told him, like, why? Have you ever asked the question why? He said, of course I have. And the nicest, most honest answer I ever got was, why not? And there's not a lot of information in that. But what transpired after, the, after that meeting is we really talked about what was true. And that's what I wanted to thank you about. It's not that you gave me a solution. It's not that I got answers from that. It's just that that was true. That was true. That there's no answer that can satisfy the mind and that there's things in life that don't have an answer. Yes. And just knowing that somebody understood where I was at in that point of... There was... I can't explain. It's very hard for me to understand how, but there was a door that opened for acceptance from that. Ah, good. Ah, beautiful. And it helped me so much. The physical symptoms might still be around, but my whole perspective shifted about it. Yes. My whole feelings about it changed. Not that I haven't had very down moments, yeah. but I don't understand how even, but something about, something stayed in the back of my mind about. So you have this condition, so this is happening, so nothing that I give you can satisfy the mind. Something eased up with that. Mm. And I wanted to tell you thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, going back to conversation with Marie, uh, and at the end you said we need to pick out what works for us. And uh, gone are the days where we follow one path, like the Advaita path, or the Sin path, or the, this path. Um, and obviously, I prefer that and say even te teachers now are not coming from just one path. Yes. Depression I get. Yes. Um, So, what's working for me is that the bottom line of the chart, existence transcended. Um, we've talked a lot here the other times about that transcendence does not happen the final transcendence does not happen at the level of the mind. It happens at some other, some other something. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not, it's not, not mental, it's not logical, rational at all. Um, it's, it's deeper, deeper, deeper. Uh, I guess some traditions say it's the level of the heart or whatever you want to call it. Just to, Distinguish it from the mind. Um, but what I'm interested in is the, 
for me, that seemed to have been a preparatory role of the mind mm-hmm. in all of this. Uh, and you know, yesterday when Paula mentioned, you know, when you mentioned that uh, existence is just a concept. Um, and it seems that, in fact, all, every level of that chart is a concept. Yes. Every level. Yes. All the way down. Yes. And, uh, for me, who was conditioned to look at everybody, at everything from a logical, rational point of view, right from set go, uh, it seemed to me that it was a necessary process to go all the way through that. And at each level, drop one concept at one level, then drop the next level concept, yes. and then the next level concept. Yes. And to recognize eventually that it's all a question of concepts. Yes. Because logically and rationally, that's that's, that's your route yeah, to that's, pulling that's, it apart. That's, that's the route. Yes. Yeah. Um, But in that process, I can't really explain it, I don't know what happened, but the, um, the mind stopped. Whether it was because it got tired or exhausted, but I think it was more, it was got satisfied. I mean, you know, these are just concepts, these are just words. And uh, it's, it's got nothing to do with that. At all, but it had to be necessary to go through the process in order to just drop the mind. In order to drop it. Yeah, that seemed, that makes sense. Huh. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> in Massachusetts, uh, I said the mind must have a stop, and you said when. <laughs> and I think this has cleaned it up. Ah. That, that there is a role for it. Yes. And then. I think well, I heard someone, one teacher say, the mind made the mess and the mind can clean it up. Right. But then I think there's a danger, I thought there's a danger here, that there could be a stopping there. The mind is satisfied, the, you know, the mind no longer is working, it stopped. Yes. And that's it. Right. So I, I got that, that one happened. And then, uh, and then something else happened. Um, but then you ask Paula, when did existence start? <laughs> and uh, um, what happened there was that when I, when I was about three, Something happened that has never left my memory. It's, it's never left the memory. It's always been there. It stood out really loud and clear. And uh, sounds like, it seems like it was a, not, I can find the words for it, it was a, a perception of existence the first time. Okay. 
So does it make sense to say that, at least in this case, that was the beginning of a desistance? Or is that just some childish kind of thing that's not very important? But it was a sudden recognition that there was existence, that there were, there were objects. Yeah. Yeah. What happened before that might have been pure perception with an object. Yes. But suddenly yes. it hit. Suddenly it hit. Yeah. You yeah. saw the shift, the shift in your own perception. Yeah. Yeah. Into three. Yeah. In came subject, object. So yeah. then things must so exist. That, mm. That's the beginning of the whole process. Yeah. It's the beginning. Of, oh, and, and it was being set up until then, you know, of course. It was being set up, no? I mean... Somebody gave you a name, so there was like Patrick. Oh, that means me. So the little little drops of it were coming in, no. Uh -huh. But then it thump. Of course, the, it locks in. The perception is then in place. So yeah, that that was that moment. Yeah. And separation. Yeah, yeah and separation was there. Of yeah. course, yeah. subject object was there. Separation was in place. Yeah. 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 Downhill from there. <laughs> Downhill from there, into the world from there, into, into Maya, the into illusion, yeah, into the game, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, 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 what happens now, Patrick? Are you are you saying that practically the mind is picked up and set down only when it's needed? That it's not running all the time? Yeah, it's not involved in. Well, the language is uh, sort of metaphysics. Uh, the way I put it is, the, all the metaphysical issues have been dealt with. Yes. Uh, they're no longer a problem anymore. Yes. Uh, they're no longer there. Super. And, and once the, the metaphysical issues were all, have all been dealt with, they're out of the way. Yeah. And then there's room to, for uh, whatever you want to call it, the innate knowing to, to kick in. Yes. Yes. I'm delighted for you. Uh, really, I am, that the metaphysical has, has subsided, that mind no longer uses the metaphysical perspective mm -hmm. to generate new, unanswered yeah. things. Yeah. That's the, wonderful. The conditioning in this case was so strong. I mean, you know, university, university, university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just locked up, you're locked in. You're locked in, yeah, to figuring it out. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I also just checked out, I think I finally get the desire thing. Ah! <laughs> because what happened recently was, There's a real sense of just shutting up and, uh, I mean, not doing anything, not being at all active. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, nothing to be said. Yes. Uh, no articles to write. Uh-huh. Uh, nothing to do. But. Uh-huh. But? Okay, we get a but. There has to be a but. There On your headstone, we have to write down, but. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
there was a sort of, I think, a very slight discomfort about that. And I caught it. Because I said, oh, that's desire. Yes, that's desire. That's desire. What's going to entertain me now? Yeah. Mm. Oh, it was more desire to be heard. Ah. Something like that. Yes, yes. Yes. So this this goes on. I mean, it just, just yes. Goes on indefinitely. But yes. It'll, it'll, it'll click in. Yes. And then it's seen. Yes. And this is the question. This is the big, the big six marker. <clears throat> if when when that arises, when. It's seen. Is it seen before action happens? Or has action already started to no, happen and then it's seen? Before action. Bingo. In this case. Alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. That's it. That's it. Because when your mind no longer instigates, initiates, inspires an action, now we're talking about the distance between enlightenment, self-realization, and liberation. And that's, that's what starts to, you know, uh, define liberation. <clears throat> there is no longer a mind filter in there that's improving upon the natural movement that comes from the stillness. Because mm -hmm. we really think we can improve on, on perfection. You know, we really do believe it. Like, that's what we do all the time. We, we upscale on, on what is naturally running the whole show. Yeah, and all goes, goes back to the conditioning of, in this case, trying to make the world a better place. Yes. That was it. The reason sure. for, for uh, saying something was, was also about that. Yes, yeah. yes. And you know, there's a funny line there because <clears throat> there's a knowing that there is perfection or you can drop into the zone of where, oh my God, it's all beautiful, it's all perfect. And I'm sure you can all dip into that of where actually nothing needs to happen. It's just, of course, it's clear, you know, it's all perfect. And then on the human level, of course, there's duality out there. And how do you juxtapose that where there's duality, but actually there's perfection? So you get all kinds of people using the concept saying, no, 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 you know, just using a spiritual concept to do nothing, basically. To become like a couch potato and take yeah. no action at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, and where is the balance? Like, where is the balance? And how does that work out? But it's like you have to kind of mature into it. You just have to mature into it. And it starts making sense that, gosh... There can be an idea that work needs to happen, that the world could be improved by my action. But actually, whatever is moving this form is, is, is doing it. My mind can say the world is better because of my work or not. And that too stops. That too stops. Because that's another little piece feeding into there's something that needs to be done in the world. And that's, that's fine. That's, that's the mind hijacking the movement towards love, the movement to do good, because that gets really strong. And, and you know? as you said, that if I loved it at the very beginning on Friday night, uh, one of the speakers said, you know, I had the experience that I, I, in this group I wasn't chanting, I was being chanted. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that 
perfect, you know, yeah. that's where everything's perfect. Yeah. We're being chanted. We're being chanted, we're being lived. Yeah, and so if anything is done, it's, 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 uh, it's being chanted. Yes. It's coming through. When it's coming through. Too. It's yeah. coming through. Yeah. And mind will do its damnedest to hijack it, you know? That's what it does. Yeah. So it's lovely that you can see mind stirring up, but there's nothing there to support it. Mm. Just nothing there to support it. Yeah. Yeah. I go back to what I said at the beginning about, you know, we all pick out what, what resonates and works in each individual case. Yeah. And nowadays we've got, with globalization, multiculturalism, we've got all access to yeah. all the different uh, teaching yeah. tools yeah. And, and, and practices. Yeah, an infinite supply. Yeah. And unless there's a certain level of maturity, it's too much. It's too much. It's like going into a buffet and it's like, okay, I, I, I have no idea what my body wants. Do you know? It's like, and you just end up getting sick. That happens too if there is a yeah. maturity around, okay, I know how much I need to eat and I know what's good for me today. That's it. Yeah. You know? Somebody, so that maturity needs to be there. Yeah. And somebody said with that maturity, it's using many, many different tools to dig one deep hole. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Maybe this is the last time. <laughs> Maybe it's the last time, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of light around you, Patrick. You know that. Like, yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Even Derek said it last night. Has Patrick seen the truth? He's just glowing. <laughs> like, yeah, some time ago. Why is he going to Saturn? I don't know. You better ask him. <laughs> Just like all the people here. Yeah. What else to do, you know? Yeah. And the jacket, right? Yeah, it's fun to hang out. Exactly, it's fun to hang out, you know? Yeah. And I suppose for myself, you know, it's like there there's a there's a I physically feel most well when I'm working. That's when I actually feel well. A sense of well-being in this body, mind, character, whatever it is. Physiologically, I think, really, there's a wellness that, that I'm aware of, which is lovely, when I'm working. But it doesn't make a blind button a difference. If, if I, I'm struck dumb in a minute, you know, it's like, I could never write another word. It doesn't make a button of difference, you know? So, so there's the seeming contradiction. It makes no difference at all. Actually, no difference at all. The Jack character gets pulled out. So what? Nothing. But, but yet there is something that keeps this happening, you know? And it's that feeling of wellness. It's like, oh, you know, it's just that feeling of wellness. And that's the thing. If there is something that motivates this form to work, it's like, I just don't feel well if I don't work. I just don't feel well. Yeah. It's down to that basic level now. That seems to be the, you know, the human motivating force, do you know? Mm. That's the human motivating, because I just feel well when I'm working. Just, just yeah. going through, passing yeah. through. Just something passing through, yeah. Yeah. And it makes no difference, you know. And at a local level, of course, it makes a difference. Everything makes a local level. But I don't live at a local level. 
you know? I just don't live in that micro. It's just gobbledygook. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense to me at all, you know? It's just storyland. It's garbage, you know? Yeah, but still it happens. Yeah. Still the work happens to feed something into a local level, you know? Yeah. It, it's beautiful. It's beautiful how every single... Every component of life, of the matrix, of our civilization, everything is, is catered for. Even when your personal motivation to take care in your work, for example, your personal motivation dies off, something else is going to go towards that which is good. Something else will. You know? It, it's incredible. It's like the, the, we couldn't design something so exquisite that takes care of every detail to make sure that every part is held, is nurtured, you know? It's, 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 it's exquisite. You couldn't make it up. And the more you let go of it, the, the more beautiful it is. That's it, yes. Oh. You just pick up these wonderful words, beauty, love, compassion. Oh, it's beautiful, you know? It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you too for opening that. Your, your hand. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've got five things up to the head. Okay. Um, the, the, this, let's go back to what uh, Marie and, and Patrick were talking about the transparency and. Um, it's in the memory of childhood. And that's what's convinced me all along. It's because I can have memories, two or three, you know. But there was, something was always seeing that. In other words, there's a me that sees that. And that me is no different then from now, at least as far as I remember it. And you hear people all the time say, oh, I don't feel, you know, maybe I'm 45. But I don't feel 45. <laughs> Yeah. The, and the reason is, is because the me isn't older. The real I is the same. It hasn't changed. Okay. Okay. So this, it's, that's part one. Part two is the transparency that Mary's talking about. Is it's been very apparent to me that there's this imperceptible silence all the time. If I just stop for a moment and put my rest there, all the time. That has to be me. And yet, that linkage between who I think I am and, ex and, and exceeding or surrendering to that silence still isn't there. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? In other words, there's the superficial Tom, what I call me, and then there's the true and truth, which I know here to be the true who what I am, which. Um, isn't this superficiality? So, so the the deeper, transparent, unmanifest silence all the time that's been present for as long as this has memory hasn't seeped through. Is that so? That it's what's the step then? If there is a step, or are we just doing it? I suspect more of this what we're doing is a life for the silence. Essentially, I'm calling it silence for. Sure. For it to just pervade through um, and say, oh, 
this is, and so that the recognition when you say, I'm just, well, quote, former committee, I'm just a bozo on this bus, you know, yeah. uh, I'm just, I'm just an expression, and I don't own this activity. This yes. isn't me. Yes. Am I making sense here? You are. I'm going to try something. I don't know if it's going to hit something or not. But the, the me who's the, the Tom character and then the me who's the silence. There's identity in both. That's, that's fine in the non-dual circle. Yeah. That's the non-dual teaching. But identity <coughs> has to go at some point. Yes, yes. So what if there was no landing place identity at all? How okay. Because, because sure, that identity, well, I am, I, I am the God, whatever, the, the oneness, the non-dual, I am pure consciousness. Yeah, we use that language. Yeah. I'm wondering if you could do a jump. Well, I, or is, is it just... Does there have to be identity at all, Tom? Well, that's the, that, I'm willing to ask a question, because I've always interpreted it that way. Yeah, and, and that, because that's the non-dual teaching, that's the contemporary teaching, but, but, but post non-duality, that's the thing that has to go. It's like, don't be trading one identity from another. Identity itself is an issue. There is no need for identity at all. Don't be friggin' anything. There is no you as all of it, as pure consciousness. There's no you anywhere. Stop trying to put your hat somewhere. Okay, so, that, so the, the issue is in it, just putting the hat there. I wonder. I wonder, well, I don't know. Yeah. So what is it? Yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If there's no identity at all, if we leave it that open, that there is no knowing what you are. That's reality. That's reality, yes. And that the question of what you are dissolves. It's part, like, what am I is only a question that arises out of an assumption that there is an identity. So if we're taking identity, it's not that I am nothing. It's like the whole question of what am I is obliterated. Yes, yes, yes. You hit your head on the nail there. I hope I didn't hit my nail, my head on the nail, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that might be the thing that's that's holding you into those two. It's obviously how that's how I'm describing it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That stepping stone works for some, but not for everybody. Uh, well, it's, I, I'm sort of experiencing a big head here. So how good. Yeah, sort of, mm. sort of dissolving here. Good. I'll stop here. Yeah. Sure. Brandy, do you want to talk, or will we bring it over here? Somebody wants with Morgana? Okay, perfect. Okay. I wanted to share this from yesterday. Yeah. Um, I went to the beach this morning. You told me how to do now. Yeah. So that wasn't cool. I'm so far behind these guys. I'm not even to the. You're where you are. I don't have an identity anymore. So you can only be where you are. You have to honor that. From my cards. That's fine. It's not sequential, don't worry. So I decided not to have a funeral, but instead to do like a release, renewal, 
stepping into the truth. And I realized that the mind loop broke in about fear from that place I went to, which really wasn't what I thought it was. It wasn't, I noticed the fear was there because of the need my mind had to have good when truth is neutral. When I experienced truth, it felt bad because it didn't feel good. What I now see is that truth is neither good or bad. Society and religion had trained my mind to think that in the absence of good, there is evil, but this is not the truth. Well done. So, I had a big reaction yesterday. I was sick, and my body felt strange, and I was very scared, but I just did what you said, and found the loop that created the fear from that experience. Yes. Well done. Thank you. Well done to you. That's a torture. I'm just reflecting back what I hear. Fantastic. Well done. Yes. So, so the bigger context is that all duality, everything that has an opposite, is not the truth. Yeah. Is that a yeah with a question mark? No, right. no yeah. it's true. I just had to process what you were saying. <clears throat> and I don't feel that different from having this. Like yesterday, I felt like, oh, this is such a big deal. Yeah, I'm going to be so different. That's insane. And then today, when I was walking, I was noticing my mind and, and everything. And I actually called my mom because I thought she's like the hard one for me. Like, remember, my mom just gets me every time. So I called her, and I didn't. It wasn't the same. So there, there's been change from it. Um, looking at things from a more neutral position, from what I've learned from this, yeah. And it's a step for me. Yeah, that's a big step. Oh, that's a big step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So keep going into that anchor of where of talking neutrality, talking neutrality. And the funeral and the death thing today, after I did that meditation, I just realized that when you were talking about links yesterday that link us back to our histories or ourselves, our identities, that every, which, I mean, this is so basic, but you have to die every moment. It's like the funeral isn't just for the place in me that didn't feel whole for my whole life. It's for every, everything. It's great. It's great. Thank you. It's great. Good. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Yeah, well done. I so appreciate it. You're very welcome. Should the willingness is there. It's easy when somebody's open and willing. Off we go. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Tracy. There's that whole reaction again. Oh, the microphone's going to eat me up. (laughs) I don't know what I want to say. I mean, when Patrick was talking, it brought up so much, not even thoughts, but just something that felt beautiful and 
that's when the desire to speak maybe first came. And then each person who has spoken since has added something to that. That something, it's not a thought, but anyway, it's to do with not doing, because Patrick was also talking about doing nothing and how that can be just perfect. And that made me, reminded me of the situation that I'm in. That this, this unit is in now. Where I can't do a lot because my hands are tight, but this body doesn't function much, so there are many days where I can't get out of bed, and even more days that I can't get out of the house. And there's so much judgment about that. And when I came to that place of the nothingness that Brandy was talking about yesterday, then I could be there completely without judgment. The perfection that is was totally seen. I've lost that, well, I lose that from time to time, a lot of the time. Um, I wanted to hear more from you about, I don't know, about that, that something that comes up that feels it's not okay those times when I spend a lot of time doing nothing. And I'm thinking the thoughts are there, you know, the knowing that nothing, it's no difference. It doesn't matter whether I do anything or not do anything. Mm. I know that, mm. but the feelings sometimes arise on, underneath or on top of the knowing. And I wondered if you could <coughs> say something about how those, the knowing that it's okay is there, but yeah. it doesn't feel okay. It feels there's a guilt or a should. Or a yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so mind is running some loop about it. Mind is wanting. It's running some running loop. loop. Yeah, yeah, it's running some thought system around yeah. around this. I'm rejecting what's happening here, even though there's a knowing, and you mostly hang out on the knowing that. Of course it's perfect, because this is what's happening. I mean, how could not? Of course it's perfect. Right? And, right. and then mind has, you know, it's going to improve on perfection, really. And yeah. it reckons it has to fix it, or sort it, or there should be another way that would be more perfect. Right. <laughs> or that right. something's fundamentally wrong. So here, when mind gives out like that, there's some kind of lack of acceptance about what your body is how your body is these days. Yeah. There's something running about I've created this, you know, the new age thing that we talked about. Right. It, it gets in somewhere in the side door or something. Yeah. I don't know how it gets yeah. in there. Yeah. So something still wants to claim personal responsibility? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so are you? Let's let's go into that zone. Right. Are you personally responsible for your health? Because it, basically, it's a health thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you personally responsible? I mean, are you personally responsible for it? Are, are you refusing to get well in some way? Are you? <laughs> That's where I get stuck, because I always go there and say, okay, let's, let's really go into this. There's so many books written about we are yeah. totally responsible for uh, whatever, cancer, yeah. heart attack, or, or even accidents, car accidents, yeah. whatever. So I thought, okay, but am I responsible for this? And that's where I get stuck because there's just something that I can't be sure. I can't be absolutely sure. Ah. But then that would get into the whole thing of what we were talking about since Marie talked about the transparencies that the yes. Then there would be a lot of transparency layers on top in order to be responsible and have some, some, not blame, because that's another layer, but even without blame, just I'm responsible for yes. this condition. That yes. would be a layer. Yes, it there is. Would be a, there would be a me. That's right, there's there a personalized who has risen up because it's both yeah. the idea of being personally personal right. responsible. Right, there would be a personal eye. And there's the conditioning from the books that said that that is so. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I, you know, lying there doing nothing. <laughs> this is what the mind is doing. Trying and get stuck on this place. Right. I don't know. Right. So the one who doesn't know, is that the one who's responsible or where does the I don't know come from? Is that the personal life? I think so. Mm, I think so too. I think it is. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so there is no personal I yet it rises up with this story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why are you giving this one space when you know there's no personal I and yet this story is being entertained? Like, is it kind of an, a habit to blame yourself or to, you know, what is it? Yeah, like, certainly there is that habit, but I, it gets caught up in the being totally honest and not wanting to allow, you know, I could just say, oh, that's, I know I'm not responsible because that's the teachings, I know I'm not responsible, and it's more than just the teachings. I, I, I know that with the deepest part of me. And yet you're entertaining this I story. Yeah. This honesty thing of I have to be absolutely honest. Do you think the mind is capable of being honest? No. <laughs> But you're using the tools of mind in a mind story <laughs> to figure out if there's honesty. Yeah, that I I just stop like a deer in headlights or yeah. something. I, I'm yeah. frozen. Yeah. And I can't seem to Yeah. Isn't mind very clever how it grabs concepts from different places and makes a brand new cocktail? 
And she bought it. <laughs> That's basically what happened, huh? Yeah, and I, because I can't see, I can't see what's holding it together. It's like a blind yeah. spot. It's a blind spot. I can't see it. It just goes completely yeah. numb, frozen. Okay, okay. At a certain point, we, okay, at a certain point, we get a eureka that the habit of seeing the blind spot and of unraveling the thing is what will make the next thing rise up. Ah. At a certain point, it's not about unraveling at all because it's faulty logic, faulty solution, faulty premise. The whole thing is just mind. Oh my God, I just saw something. Yeah, you see, so yeah. for, so for years, it's it's our it's our primary tool to like, where's my blind spot? What am I not seeing here? Find my what I'm not seeing. That becomes our primary tool for years, and then it starts working against you. Ah, uh, like so many things. That, yeah. yeah, isn't that the pattern? You know, yeah, yeah, it worked yeah. for you, and then it's like, oh my god, it's the end of that now. Gotta stop. You know, gotta it's like it. it's mind. It's just mind. Yeah. Oh, it's god. just mind. Yes. If we're going to find a blind spot to every, for everything, then we'll go in and we'll be digging and digging forever into something that's a cocktail of lies. Yeah. Lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the capabilities of mind are infinite. And right now, the hook is, there's a blind spot. What's holding it together? And I can't, because I can't see the blind spot, because... Yeah, yeah. I, it's the searching of the, for the blind spot. Because that's what the issue is, it's the searching for the blind spot. But it's like what I'm searching for is not in the mind. And yes. Yes. So I can't, but I'm looking with the mind. Yes. But I know it's beyond, so I get stuck. Yes. Yeah, it's a perfect log jam, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And it might be down the road in three months' time, there's actually something that has a genuine blind spot. I think, oh God, that really is a bit of conditioning from way back there. Gosh, okay. You know, yes. that might come again. Mm -hmm. But you've got to be able to figure out the times when, when looking yeah. for the blind spot is actually the issue. Yes, I see exactly what you mean. Discriminate between yes. the two yes. types of the yes. Yeah, the different layers yes. that are, I'm dealing with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, thank you so much. Yeah. So, so being able to decipher that, it's the discrimination. Being able to say, that's just mind. That's just mind. And trusting it. And just like, that's just mind. There is no resolution there. This is what is. End of story. So the pull to go into the story to figure it out is like, I'm no longer being entertained by these distractions of figuring it out. I am going to rest in the natural state, period. Wow, it's like I can't do anything often with physically or even like do a lot of writing. I'm not strong enough for that. But the doing carries on just the same. Yes. If I were yes. climbing Mount Everest, the doing in my head wants. Yes. What you were saying, the finding the blind spot. Yes. Digging, digging, digging. Yes. 
continues. Yes. That's the doing that I'm doing. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. Uh, thank you. Sure. Sure. You're welcome. You're welcome. Bring them. Yeah. Oh, did you want to say that? Go on, Clark. Go on. Can you hang on? Can you hang on to one? Great. Yes, please, Clark. Um, you know, the mind, the mind stuff you've been talking in, which I'm so anti-mind. Uh, it's too much intellectuality. just, you know, gets me frozen. But I was... There's all this trying too hard to make something happen or to get this feeling. And I, yesterday I was at a morning for my specialist. And they had uh, There's nobody here that's in there. It's, they're just regular people. Nobody's into a fight or anything. Yeah. And they wanted it to be very simple. Nobody saying anything. Somebody said a couple words that were really nice. That was it. They had some playing guitar and then they had a collage of pictures with a little music of her life, which was really emotional and sweet. But the whole, the whole thing was so sweet. Nobody was trying to fix anyone. There wasn't somebody, you know, your typical funeral, you gotta go look at that body, you know, don't they look great? Yeah, sure. You know, and then, and then uh, you listen to somebody preach for an hour and everybody's going, okay, so dirt on them, we eat something, and you know, it's just nobody's happy <laughs> doing it, you know. <laughs> really, that's, that's what yeah. I got. And, and this was so, um, you could just, what's that when there's two or more gathered and they're feeling the presence of, the piece that goes beyond understanding. That was there totally. And it was so, it was so sweet. And it wasn't something somebody was trying to orchestrate. And you could feel it. It was just wonderful. Yes. Um, conversely, last year, Tuesday be our anniversary, which you were there obviously, and uh, was a similar thing of that small thing in our house with just a few friends and you, and, and, and it was uh, beyond magnificent. And, and you made it so special, and you weren't overly trying to do, and, 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 and the love from some of the people that were here that we could feel, and, uh, it was this natural thing. And it was just this great thing, this great, just fantastic, uh, that nobody was trying to manifest. It, it, through love, just through, just sure through love, and nobody was trying to figure anything out. As opposed to most weddings, it goes on and on forever, and people are standing there drunk. You say, I do, so we can get drunk and eat something. You know, everybody's just, nobody's really there, because it goes on too long. Um, What's the morbid story of the question? I, I guess it's that it's that pure space with things like that that you fall into that's it's better even than really good soft songs because people aren't trying to figure out a question or an answer or a uh, when you're stuck in your head, that peace beyond understanding, you lose sight of it sometimes. Sometimes you just can't find it. That's why we do this really, is just to orient ourselves again to where it is so that you can find it on your own, you know? That's really why we're doing it. But it's dead simple, that peace beyond understanding. It's just dead simple. It's there inside all the time. 
And sometimes it shows up in the outside world, you know? Those magic moments of just natural, everything being natural. You're so right, it's, na- it's in nature, you know? Go for a walk in the park, it's like, or in the woods, or something natural. It's there, you know? But it's inside, really, and sometimes... Yeah, it's inside, and sometimes the outside environment reminds you. And sometimes the outside environment seems to just be too much, that you're swallowed up in the chaos of the outside, and you've lost it, so you've got to do a bit of work to go back to it. It's like that for most people. I guess that's maybe the question, is trying to, like you said, do a bit of work. Trying, which I try not to, I try to be very simple. Yeah. But trying to make something happen. Yeah. Uh, how do I not try to make stuff happen? Okay. I guess that's the question. Okay. How do you try to not make stuff happen? <laughs> <laughs> There's a balance, isn't there? Because certain things you got to do, and certain things you can let flow. And your deepest gut will know which is which. Because if you're doing something for approval, to be heard, it's going to be disastrous. That's what will make you lose your balance. Right. Yeah, exactly. The purity of what you last time about that way. Bingo. That's it. Examples of the purity of just natural, natural free, free flow. Nobody, nobody with a personal agenda, or you not with a personal agenda in whatever you do, you know? being okay with what is, and doing your best, but with no personal agenda. I need it to come out like this. I need this reaction from this person. You know? Sometimes we can just slip into that. Like It's like we, we just want to be accepted. We want to be heard. And it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's, let it be how it is. What's natural here for me? What's natural here? You know? And returning to that. That brings more joy to everybody that touches you, whether or not you talk to them or not. You know, it spreads like magic. Right. Conversely, the, when you're the other way, it spreads like a yes, pollution. absolutely, absolutely. Because Which I toxic. sometimes do. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's being married. That's what we do. We we grow through you know bouncing off each other. You know. Yeah, you're working here. So I wanted to follow up on what Morgana said because I could relate so much to what you said because last year for me was a year of looking for answers, looking for spiritual reasons, and, and that thing came up a lot. People tell me, well, think about it. Why would you want to create it? Because ultimately you're the creator of your own reality. So what in it is making... Are you looking for attention this way with this condition? Are you, um, what, where is it coming from? And other responsibilities on you, and you feel burdened by that, and you feel like, well, if I created this, I don't even have an idea of how I created it. But we're spiritual people, and we're hearing spiritual advice, and we want to own our part. And in my opinion, that was just crazy making. That whole thing was just crazy making, because now you don't only have a condition, that's uh, making you suffer, or the perceived condition. On top of that, you're to blame for it. You're not going to go anywhere with that, in my experience. It's just crazy making. There's a point where you just listen to 
what Jack had to tell me, like, are you okay with not knowing? Are you okay with resting in that? Are you okay with not finding answers? Are you okay with just deal with the situation on hand the best that you can? If it's gonna require surgery, it's gonna require supplements. If you can unburden yourself from all that guilt and all that additional suffering of the spiritual quest behind it, like why, why, why is this happening? There has to be a spiritual reason if you can just Resting knowing that you're not going to have an answer for that, then you're better equipped to like make decisions about your current life and your current situation. And that's going to be, that's going to turn to be your spiritual lesson, whatever you're going to do with that. That's just my two cents. Sorry. Yeah, it's a good two cents. Okay. Deb and the lady at the back. Oh, oh it's Marie. Oh, Sorry. This is a quick thing that there is a perfect analogy of what we're talking about again with in a television series called Blind Spot. Anybody see? No, nobody here watches TV. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's really. Uh, it's hysterical because this lady wakes up. And she has all these tattoos on her body, and it's like she knows who she is, and she has all these stories. And so the whole TV series is about these stories, you know, this tattoo, this one, this one, this one, this one. But actually, the lady herself is she's trying to find out, you know, what was a blind spot? What is this? Why did this happen to me? And it's story after story after story after story. So that's what you know. The whole sounds like good drama. It's it's exactly what we're talking about. It's really pretty amusing because the lady. As these little stories unravel, she knows exactly what to do in every situation. She doesn't know why. She doesn't know how. It's really, it's a commercialization of this deep spiritual thing that we're saying. It's nice. called a blind spot. It's pretty interesting. You might want to see it once. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Um, so I have a question about, um, more about what we were talking about yesterday. And, um, we were, we were kind of talking about um, who's actually driving the show, and I was just having this thought about, um, let's see if I can get, get to it, um, if the, the one, um, the creator, or the one, um, cannot see duality <coughs> at all, and basically, um, um, can't see duality, so um, it basically has no idea what, like what's going on in this dream. So then, there's actually nothing or nobody running anything, right? You see, okay. If there is a one who's not watching it. Mm, Mm. It depends what perspective you're, you're talking about, because if it's the one that is the opposite of duality, well then of course, it, of course there is a complete awareness of what's going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Outside of all of it, the outside of all of it, this actually disappears. It's not that it's here and it doesn't look at it. It's actually never happened. Yeah, that's what I think I'm getting at, um, about, um, yeah, it actually never happened, and so nothing exists at all. So nothing exists at all. Yeah, so it's really 
just a dream with like same thing as when you, you dream at night, like there's there's no material at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's of no substance. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Uh -huh. So um, this whole dream, whatever it is, um, there's like you're not doing anything and there's not a God that's doing anything. So like when you say that there's a natural flow because there's natural laws that everything flows to good or like where is this flow coming from? So you're jumping lenses oh, of perception okay. now. Yeah, I, yeah. That's why I mean, that's my problem. Yeah. I can see that right now. I'm like trying to make sense of this yeah. using using that. Yeah. And, yeah. Because in this realm, sure, this is Sunday morning, and of course there's you and there's me. Of course this is real. Within here and now, of course it's real. Mm -hmm. If I murder you, I'll go to jail. I mean, there's cause and effect. There are laws that are valuable here, or valid here. All right. So from here, then we can bring in a spiritual concept, but it's only going to be a concept because this is what's real. Now, if your perception drops back to what is a deep spiritual concept, we go into a meditation and all of this disappears. It really does disappear. It is gone, like gone. And so in that other lens of perception, this is the concept and that's real. I see, that's what's tricking me. Yeah. yeah. So knowing the layers, the, the layers of what is valid where, that's why the terrain is kind of important. We need to have a bit of understanding to, yeah. to know what's, what's, what's valid where. Yeah, I think, I, think that's, I think that's what's going on. Okay. Is, um, I'm just getting lost in all these different... Yeah. Different, knowing that like, all of this is not real, yeah. and I'm trying to make sense of something that's not real. Yes, yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Then I'll just step back and yeah. step away from it and just like let it be crazy as it is. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, freedom comes when you've got a wider bandwidth. Mm -hmm. When you're stepping back from all of it, but yet there's an ability to function in the personal life. There's an ability to kind of, to slot in and out each lens of perception but you actually stay at home, but you know the lens of perception. It's like if you're playing with a train, a toy train on the floor with a kid. You're able to pretend to be choo-choo-choo and you're going along with the train. You're able to pretend. You don't lose who you are, but you're able to pretend and totally get lost in the game. It's like that. It's like another lens of perception where that role can be played with ease, but you don't leave the stillness. That's freedom. You've got the widest bandwidth. The totality is, is just there. Mm -hmm. and, and all the other functionings can come in and out. Yeah. I, like, I feel like I have that wide perception. It's, but I, I think, yeah, I just sometimes just walk around lost. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And is it, because, is it because the regular work world doesn't kind of make sense to you? No, I think it's... Because my, my mind is so analytical, and it has to have a reason. It has to like try to figure out this whole puzzle of it's here, but it's not here. And I think that's it's okay. Like, it's the mind doing what, but like yeah, I think I'm getting caught in trying to unravel yeah. the puzzle. Do you know what can be, might be very useful? Let's bounce it out and see if if it works or not for you. Is to kind of figure out in the map. How far can your mind go? 
And then the rest of, there's another capacity within you that knows the rest of it. You know, the, the stuff that you, you don't really have much words for or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know that, but my mind can't go there because it's not thought. I can't think about it. Do you know? I can't analyze it. I can't, so I can't bring my mind there because it's just like, it's, it's defunct there, my mind is. So it's good to know, okay, that's mind part, but where my perception is coming from now, mind can't go there. So mind, there's no way you're going to try and work this out because you can't go there. It's really good for mind to know its limit. Really good. Yeah, I think I, I read that somewhere. And it's just, um, yeah, exactly. It's like knowing the mind can't go there at all whatsoever. Yeah. So just drop, yeah. drop it. It's like there's your boundary, mind. There's your boundary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that helps a lot, you know? And, and then it kind of separates. Okay, there's the phenomenal world and the cause and effect and the laws of physics. And, you know, that's it. That's those laws. They're valid, valid there. And in this zone, well, this is, this is actually where I'm operating, you know. This is where I'm operating from. But I have the capacity to filter right through. Great. Yeah. Okay. okay. Great. 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 Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Lady in the back. Thanks, Mahesh. Thank you. Um... I, I remember, like, you know, decades ago, I, um, Barbara Maharshi was one of my first teachers. And I was totally destroyed when I read that he died and he had cancer of the And I was bad at divinity. How can a saint be allowed to? You know, obviously he wasn't suffering because people would ask him, do you want medication, do you want surgery? He was like, no, this is just his body. And so I didn't have that understanding. And you know, and, and I'm, I feel that I'm like a healer at heart. You know, I'm trained in general surgery and transplant surgery, and as a doctor, so I was just so against seeing someone that is on the path, that is so spiritual, that is moving like you know the earth and so humanity to another level of consciousness, and be supposedly dying of 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 you know cancer of the bone. And so for decades, I had that question about. You know, as a doctor, I'm really trying to help, the, you know, the physical healing. But then more and more I realize that physical healing is really just, you know, it deals with humanity and with this, you know, this dual world. And then so what I'm realizing in my own body, I mean, I don't have an internal illness, but even dealing with death, is that as a consciousness, we agree to take this vehicle. And if you see that analogy as this vehicle is like a new car and you're born, you know, the new car, new body. But then the law of physics in this life is that that body is going to break down. Now, which one of us will, will elect to keep a broken down body? And so when I see it like that, I realize that I am going to go for that aspect of myself that is beyond duality. That is never born, never dies. So what's dying is the is duality. Yes. And so and so it's more like, okay, I broke my leg, I'm in so much pain. But instead of going to I want to heal this aspect of it. I want to understand why it's broken. But it's more like, you know, this is the body. And I just happened to fall and I broke my leg. But reality is my nature. Is not broken. Yeah. You know, even though my body is paralyzed, whatever. Yes. But my spirit 
and I can work on my spirit no matter where I am, and whether I'm you know in a hospital or whatever, or after cancer, my spirit is not touched yes. by that. And I think the reason, I mean, that's my personal belief, the reason we take this body is to really activate and empower that aspect of us that is not healed, that is not affected by cancer or death. And death is just getting another vehicle and keep on going. Okay. Okay. So the belief that we choose the body do we choose the body? Um, what is it that chooses the body? I said somehow, part of that, um, you know, the totality being the total oneness and then starting divided into seven billion human beings, somehow in that creation, which is really, like you say, it's a concept of the mind from that oneness, to me the oneness is real. But as you start differentiating in seven million humans, 20,000 whatever, 20 trillion planet, somehow that separation comes into existence. But that separation itself is not real. So as we take that body, we are differentiating into an individual, whatever that is, the ego, myself, and I. But it's not real. And so to me that is, it's not that divinity is teaching us a lesson, it's we have created this lesson. We have created it collectively. Okay, but you have a dualistic perception running through all of what you're saying. Well, you're talking about the non-dual, but you're talking about it dualistically. Like, the, <coughs> there isn't a God and us. That's the dualistic foundation. There isn't oneness and duality. Both of them are, are Oneness is the flip side of duality. If duality goes, oneness has to go. The totality is, is, is prior to all of that. It's much wider. It's, it's where there is no one, where one is one too many. The totality is another leap again from where you're talking about. Sure. I can see that. Okay, great. So, so the mind... The mind likes the oneness, and that's why I kind of give it a little bit of bad press because the oneness gets a lot of it's overrated. You know? So, so the the oneness is only there to balance duality. It's another label. It's just the unifying force, and it's nice, and we like it, and it's got this togetherness feeling, which is a little bit of like a a painkiller for for this, the sense of separation that really is awful. The sense of separation is suffering. So, and then the oneness is like an antidote to that. But it, they're in conversation with each other. Oneness and duality. Go to where one is one too many. Now, your mind won't be able to, but you will know what I'm talking about. Something else knows what I'm talking about. Right. Go there and know that it's okay that your mind can't go there. That leaves space for, for a knowing that is unthought, that is not thought, think about, right. that there is, there, is, there is something that we, some part of us experiences, no, there is, let there be space for something that we can't experience phenomenally, spiritually. I'm there. All right. That, that, that's the 
capital R reality. That? That is capital R reality. Outside all of it has no... There's, there's, there's nothing to be said, but there's a knowing. Yeah, it's like a void. Yeah. But it's almost like a knowing void. Yes. There's something that's known. Right. We have that sensation that it's known. That's how it resonates in our mechanism somehow, that it's known. Hmm? Yeah, it's all beautiful. Okay, yeah. So now from there... It's a story how we wanted this experience and we incarnated and these are all stories. And they help us to make sense of the world and to communicate and we write books about it and we make a living out of it and we, that's life, no? That's the phenomenon experience. But at the same time, our attention can actually be in that place that is known. or It's not even a place. In the knowing, let's say. The answers cannot come from what is knowable. We have theories, and that helps us to kind of clear out the garbage, the belief systems and the perspectives that we might cling to. But, you know, they're just toolkits to help us manage in the world. Don't stick to any of them. Don't hold any opinion as yours. Don't take anything personally. Don't have a personal viewpoint. Become fluid, completely fluid and live in that place and let all of your action come from that place where your attention is, in the knowing. Where nothing is actually known, you know? There isn't something that's known. That's too broken up already. That's too much in storyland. Yeah. And last night I, I realized that, you know, I usually kind of get my, some of my answers to my dreams. And then so, and you know, kind of working through that process, what I call it is that you know I was dreaming I was a general surgeon resident again and I <laughs> I missed something and then the guilt came and then so as I became aware I was like I love you I forgive you because there's nothing to forgive and so in other words it's just that little child inside that has whether it's guilt and it's fear and it's anger and it's isolation I mean that is what keeping us in the matrix and so and that and that came to me in a dream is that but to me I realized well, I still have that little bit of a guilt that is still running the show and still keeping me in a loop. And so it's kind of, it's good to come to um, things like that. And I thank you. Sure. So anything that's taken personally, because there must be something that's taken personally in order to feel guilt or abandonment or whatever, whatever cocktail brings our attention into some kind of suffering zone. There must be some sense of personal responsibility, personal experience. The, the platform that I'm calling personal, that an emotion, a story, a reaction will cling to, the personal is a thought. There is no personal at all. There really isn't. We have to play the role of being personally responsible as a surgeon. You're going in there, you're going to the operating theatre, of course. You're putting on the hat of like, this is the role I'm, being, I'm playing and I'm getting paid for it and that's the contract and I do my best here and that's it. Now, if you went in with a strong sense of the personal, you wouldn't perform well at all. Do you know? Yes. So the personal is what throws us off our, our, our deeper knowing. 
So, so it, it, it just might get it more of a root. I'm just suggesting this because maybe this would be a better way to kind of dig it out by the root. If there is a sense of personal, you're taking something personally, you're defending a personal point of view, there is no personal I. There isn't. It's a cocktail of thoughts. There isn't a personal I. So my answer from the dream was that it's not that I am from what you're saying. It's not that I forgive you because there's nothing to forgive. It's, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's even no forgiveness. That's right. Because this is unreal. That's right. It's all a consumption of the mind. That's right. And if, if you can actually go to where that is known, fantastic. If it's just a concept, drop it. It's got to come from the place of like, oh, that, that's mind creating a personal. There is no personal I. There isn't. It is just a thought. And if you can go to where that is known by you, known, yes, then there's no need to balance it out with forgiveness. No, because what you're doing is you're finding the natural, the healing, dualistic response. So you're, you're answering duality within duality. That's not going to break you out of duality. That keeps the dualistic response sorting out duality, which basically says, I need duality to heal duality. So, so this thing about I forgive because there's nothing to forgive. Well, the point is, the first thought doesn't even work. Yes. It's just there's nothing to forgive. Yes. There's no I forgive. That's right. Thank you. That's right. Much cleaner. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Much cleaner. Thanks. Sure. You gotta wait for the mic. Thanks, Amelia. Of course, I'm, I step immediately into my role of being a mom. And how am I supposed to explain how the world makes sense to me, to my children, if I am not supposed to talk about God or creation? And children ask a lot of questions like this. So basically what I'm doing is, and I've, I've asked this question before, before in other places I know, and I know I've had an answer, but obviously I need to ask it again. So, so obviously that answer wasn't so good. <laughs> But, you know, when you have a child and your child asks you a lot of questions and questions that include God and all we're doing really is we're dressing him up with the concepts that we're trying to get ourselves naked from. Yep. So how do you bridge the gap? Yeah. See what your child remembers. Encourage them to remember. Because they don't have the extra 20, 30 years of conditioning that the rest of us have on top of it. See what your child remembers. Nurture what they know innately. Well, in, in my little child, the one that's six years old, she's less cynical than the teenagers, but I don't know what she exactly remembers, but I do know that I went to India and I came back with padukas and I was, I was for myself trying to find meaning in life and creating a little altar. And for her, it was so natural. She was with the doctor herself, she has her little parukas, she has her little necklaces, she always wanted to be in the, with me in the meditation room. She didn't go to India, I went. Yeah. <laughs> but she was like wanting to turn, she was like more in the path of, yeah. I would say, call it the path of bhakti, but very natural. But I don't know what part of it is also her conditioning of seeing me doing ritual and yeah. lighting candles and incense, and what part is naturally for, natural for her, something she remembers. Yes. I have no way of telling. You have no way of telling. But it's quite likely that she will feel some kind of energy of sacredness. 
I'd say it's the energetic thing is what draws her more than anything. I would hope it is, that she remembers something about sacredness, that energy, she that fine energy, you know? She was in it all the time, and even when I said, like, the hell with it, I put my, all my pictures of the avatars inside of the drawer, and I was mad, and I was like, the hell with all of you, like, she still has her altar in her room. Ah. Doesn't want anybody to touch it, and she ah. puts fruits on it until they rot. And eventually, I need to go in there and pick up the fruits and throw them in the trash, and then she puts another fruit there again. So beautiful, huh? Um, yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful. She's doing fine. Well, I guess she will have to do her job of taking things off when it's her time to do that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's her path to just go in and develop an ego and suffer and then start to come out, fine. But the greatest gift you can give to her is by you being on your own path. Because as your vibration gets higher, she will feed off it. That's the greatest gift you can give to her, by you doing the work. You know? You know, um, I, I'm not a parent, so I don't have direct experience of this, but watching what works for other parents i've noticed that kids kids do well if the parents say some people believe in god and some people don't believe in god and and both are fine there's there's space for all but you're also teaching kids about difference that there and that there's an allowance for difference and that one isn't right and one isn't wrong so you're giving kids an option that is fearless that seems to work really well it's like saying, there isn't a right way and a wrong way in this. There isn't a right way and a wrong way. Well, the other ones, the older ones, I screwed up in a different way because I did, I'm all the time changing paths. Yes. I, even right now, I'm restructuring my beliefs. I don't know what I believe anymore, but with yes. those, I believe in the law of attraction. And so I was listening to the tapes of the teachings of Abraham, whatever. They were listening to that and imitating it and kind of believing in it, and then I was like, the hell with that, that wasn't right. <laughs> then I moved on to the next thing, and so they incorporated that, and then like, then they didn't believe, eventually they're trashing whatever doesn't work for them. Yeah. But the youngest one, now he's, he's everything opposite of what all of us are at home. He's not Jewish, he's an atheist, he, um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but he's befriending all the Muslim kids in the school, he's like, Rebellious, rebellious, yes. rebellious. Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It's great that your older kids have such exposure to different modalities. They can throw it all to hell. Yeah, exactly. They're just trying this, trying this. They're tasting lots of things early without getting sucked in it for 20 years. You know? It's great. You know? They're doing fine. Don't worry about them. They're all doing fine. That, what you're saying sounds really healthy. That they've got the freedom to explore. They're not locked in to any fear. Fear would be the worst thing you could give them. Yeah, I know. You see that? Then you're fine. Give yourself a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, would you like to go to lunch? Okay. I can just keep going. Oh dear, I forget about time and such things. Okay. <laughs>